Hello, I'm India, and welcome to Start a Ripple, the podcast that celebrates moving in nature. You see, I believe ripples are made when we connect movement with nature, not only for our mind and body, but also the environment too. And on this series, I'm speaking to some amazing guests that share that passion and have their own story to tell. All right, time to introduce this week's guest. Dr. Jade Elizabeth is a mental health practitioner with a passion for teaching people how to celebrate their body and mind through nature. In 2020, she founded the Jadeite Project, which aims to help you celebrate what your mind and body are capable of. Jade talks about the power of moving in nature from an academic point of view, as well as an emotional one. And I have to say, I found it fascinating learning the science behind what this podcast is all about. And I hope you will too. Hi, Jade, and welcome to the Starter Ripple podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Thanks for inviting me on. It's awesome having you. Um, I've been super, super keen to have somebody who comes from a kind of academic standpoint on this subject of moving in nature for a really long time. So I'm really fascinated to get your perspective on, I guess, the theme of this podcast. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me today. So we're going to start from the beginning and I'm going to ask you to look back in your life and kind of tell us how it all began, your background, um, you know, where did your ripples start? Um, so I guess my background research-wise and academically is psychology. So um, I got a degree in psychology. Um, so I came out to Liverpool, did my degree in psychology. Um, and then went on and did a master's in investigative and forensic psychology. Um, and then following that, I did a PhD in psychology, um, looking at decision making in critical environments. That was kind of the overarching theme of my research. Um, so I've kind of left academia in a way. Um, I spent, I think that was about 10 years in total studying um, psychology in different areas and kind of kind of finishing with the PhD and went into, dabbled in a bit of sports coaching for a little bit, um, and are now currently working as a mental health practitioner in a secondary school. Um, so that's kind of my journey, and then weaved in the middle of that. Um, I've always worked with young people um, in various different settings, um, and kind of come back to nature as well. So I think my in my gap year, um, I worked for PGL um, as a activity instructor so just taking kids out on adventure courses and stuff like that so I kind of have a, a strong academic background but I've also kind of weaved in my other passions and interests along the way um, to help me get to the JDAC project I guess which started around two years ago or the concept anyway came about two years ago. Cool I'm gonna dive into the JDAC project it's very soon um, but let's go back to your PhD so you focused on, now I'm going to, am I going to say this right? Metacognition? Yep. That's yep. <laughs> okay, I did it right. Amazing. Um, which is thinking about thinking. Um, and yeah, can you kind of explain this a little bit more? I don't know if you can in a nutshell. Um, so you're right, metacognition is our ability to think about our own thinking process. So it's that looking a little bit more in depth into our decisions and my research looked at a specific factor which was confidence and accuracy so when making a decision um how confident are we in that decision and how does it relate to the accuracy of the decision 
I think we have the tendency to be overconfident, um, which is what my research found and what a lot of research funds, especially in a critical environment. Um, so the critical environment I looked at was air defense. So it was looking at decision-making by air defense operators. Um, so obviously there's a lot of kind of consequences that come along to making decisions. And it is important that we're accurate on those decisions. But if our confidence isn't aligned to our accuracy, that then kind of impacts future decision-making abilities because we might shut off further kind of information seeking um, processes, or we might jump to conclusions in different areas. So it's quite important that we have that relationship between confidence and accuracy. Um, I looked at different factors relating to that. So whether that be a personality type, um, uh, we looked at something called decision criticality. So how important that decision was um, and the environment that the operators were working in again to see the factor. Um, we looked at interesting, we looked at gamers um, to see how they related, because obviously the way that technology is going and the nature of what we're looking at, we thought gamers might be um, kind of a good candidate to look at to see how they, they work things out. Um, and they did actually have a better relationship, so they were better able to judge their accuracy um, and their confidence on it. They were tendency, as I said, everyone was overconfident, but the relationship was a little bit better. So I think for me, it's really interesting to see how aware we are of our thinking processes. Because um, again, we might make a snap decision or we might not really think about why we're doing certain things. And then again, that, the implications that that may have. So um, having that awareness just brings you, I guess it links into it, brings you a bit more present into what you're doing. Um, you're mindful of your decision-making. Um, which is, again, something that I think is quite important, being present and being mindful of your decisions. Yeah, and, and actually, I just, you know, with these talking about that, I also was saying people were overconfident, but I have worked in the last sort of year, two years, quite a lot um, with women in paddleboarding. So I'm sort of relating this back to what I'm sort of yeah. doing. And, and they have a lack of confidence. They want to go paddleboarding, but their confidence stops them from deciding to do so. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if, you know, I guess it's that imposter syndrome thing. Did you explore that area at, at all within it in relation to people wanting to pick up, you know, new sports or activities and the losing the confidence because I know you said there has been an injection of confidence which is almost too much but you must have looked at the lack of confidence too yeah I think that links in so when we did a little bit bit about personality um so it's like a tolerance to ambiguity um so how likely how much information you need to be able to make a decision so that factors again into your decision making so if you need a lot of information um and that helps you feel more confident in an environment where you haven't got that information, you haven't got that confidence, then yeah, you're going to see a, um, like a reduced confidence in your decision making. So there are different areas of that personality. So it may be that in the women that you work with or certain people and certain kind of demographics, they show different tendencies, which then, I guess, impact. I think for my demographics, they were either students or Navy personnel. Um, so they're kind of cued into, they're the expert in their kind of their field and what they're doing. So even students that didn't have the knowledge, um, they did show this, this confidence. But again, if you took it out into a different 
kind of setting you may have different results and different findings from that um mm. but it is all really interesting especially that like imposter syndrome and um the feelings behind that and what kind of what impacts on our feelings and our and our thinking processes yeah absolutely and I wonder do you have you found that there is a difference in the confidence behind our decisions compared to men and women um we didn't look in it in specifically um but I'd imagine there would be some some difference and again depending on the topic that people are talking about and the areas that they feel confident in there would be a difference Mm, absolutely yeah no fascinating stuff and obviously you were talking about how it kind of brings you back to feeling present and mindful and that can really be a positive influence on our decision making um and this is an area that you've obviously gone into even further um you know you do a lot of mindful walking and you're leading groups which is all to do with the jadeite project which you will come on to um but yeah when did you have this sort of light bulb moment that you you were connecting feeling present um with moving in nature you know was it during your PhD and you were obviously thinking about all these decisions that you were doing and it was very much like your world um but yeah can you please sort of I guess link the two together for me so your the the mindful work that you do now and your psychology yeah Um, I guess there's no natural link (laughs) um when you when you explain all what the background is um, but I guess my the light bulb moment came and the, the concept came. Um, I did a walk up Helvellyn um, a few years ago and I just took myself there and I just wanted to get myself out. Like I'd, I'd wanted to do the, the mountain for a while and I thought I'm just going to go. Um, and I remember it was a beautiful day, amazing, um, really hot weather. And I was just kind of really grateful to be able to to do it to have I guess in a way I had my own confidence had my own belief that I could do it um and it was such an amazing experience just to go up everyone's so friendly and chatting along the way and the views that you get from taking from taking the time to go up there and you've got the added kind of excitement of doing it on your own and the adventure aspect to it and I just thought how do I bottle up this feeling because this feeling is what I want to share with everyone. This this is amazing. This is how I want everyone to feel. Um, so I kind of did that and I went away and I researched because that's what I always go back to. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look into this in a little bit more detail. Why do I feel so good? What is, where do these feelings come from? How does it impact people? And how do I cultivate it? How do I, sh- I share it? What can I do for that? So that was kind of the initial starting point was just my own personal journey. And then just wanting to share those feelings and then going into the research and learning more about green exercise and mindful walking. Because again, I've got a tendency to be quite competitive and to want to get to the top as quickly as possible and to push myself, but actually just taking the time to slow down, taking the views, watch my breath and kind of take in the moment was a lot more important than how quickly I could get to the top and that that comes with it as well that sense of achievement but actually what I enjoyed was the whole thing was just being around stopping taking pictures seeing what I could see um and so that mindful concept that being present was something that I thought well 
that's got to be something that's got to be part of it um so again just looking at the research and going into a little more little more detail about those feelings and, and kind of why it yeah why it was so good why it felt so good yeah and and I mean we're talking over zoom so I can see your face right now and when you were sort of talking about that walk your face just lit up with the memory like your smile just beamed and it is it's that sudden feeling of of like just feeling alive I think isn't it and um yeah so obviously you know you have researched this so can you please explain to me the science behind it because I understand the feeling you know I I was in Cornwall last week and we were hiking along the southwest coast pass path and it was just the most amazing feeling you know that dramatic coastline that sort of fresh breeze everything and I just felt so good but why why do I feel so good to be doing that Uh, I think there's a few different like theories and I've looked into the theories behind it so there's like an attention restorative theory so that is when we're out in nature we kind of have the brain capacity to kind of focus in nature to have those feelings we're not in that direct kind of world where we have that constant feed of our attention's being drawn away so whether that's our phone going off or the laptop or work or emails or whatever it may be we're out we've got a more capacity to attend to it it reduces our stress levels it makes us feel good it boosts our endorphins um we have that feeling as you said that feeling of awe of amazement um and these all increase our mood make us feel better they increase our self-esteem um so there's kind of that side to it is just our our brains kind of have a bit of a break from that that constant need to give attention to something um we notice our direction our attention in a different way so we see things that we may not have noticed before um we've got the capacity to do it so I don't know when you've had like a long day and you just need to go for a walk you feel refreshed afterwards because it's allowed yourself that's just allowed your brain to kind of slow down switch switch off a little bit and so that's kind of one side to it um there's also a biophilia hypothesis so that is we have that innate connection to nature um kind of if we look back in time in the ancestry times then we we have been connected to nature there are so many properties in nature whether that's medicines or kind of the social aspects of just spending time and being out in nature so it's a kind of an innate feeling that we have that helps us to connect to nature it's it's wired into us essentially so that's why we have this strong sense or strong connection with nature um but i think it is as you said all those things you say and it just makes you feel good um it's noticing the importance of those feelings the how you feel afterwards so you feel better after the walk so you're going to be kinder to people you're going to want to connect with people you've got that social interaction so like the combination of things kind of feed in that help you just feel good when you're out in nature yeah absolutely and 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 for me you know it it makes me want to be kinder to the planet like that is (laughs) what I I guess one of the biggest kind of influences it's had for me is is suddenly I'm like enjoying the the coastline or the sea or whatever and I'm going oh my goodness this is so incredible this this natural world has given me so much I need to kind of look after it as well yeah and yeah it, it kind of 
it does it does amazing things and thank you for explaining yeah. that because that is that's what I've been yeah. after for a while now like why am I feeling this um so you've obviously taken this further and and you wanted to share this experience with other people so you started the Jadeite project um which offers the opportunity to take part in mindful hiking so how did this idea come about and uh what what's happened with the Jadeite project since you started it um so as I said like it initially was like sourcing that feeling um and finding different ways to do it and I thought people go out and walks and initially I looked at it from a fitness aspect to it um because you get a lot of oh I need to look a certain way to climb a mountain or I need to be fit enough I don't feel fit enough that would naturally be the response when people are oh I, I want to come on a walk I want to climb a mountain but I don't feel fit enough and it was breaking down the barriers to make it a little bit more accessible to people it's not about the way that you look or aesthetically that that's not what gets you to the top of a mountain um there's a lot more to it and I wanted people to take the focus off that into something else which was that connection with nature was reconnecting with how your body feels at that moment in time um and that mindfulness we know being more present has a, it has a beneficial impact on your mood and how you feel so it was incorporating that mindful aspect into being outside so it just seemed like a win-win situation we know being in nature makes us feel good we know being mindful and being more present makes us feel good so combining those um and going on a walk where you're focusing on different things so on the walks I'd look at um, intention setting so what is it that you want to achieve from this walk um, what goals are you working towards um, I'm a massive person on working with metaphors um, so the mountain is that mountain metaphor you're working towards a goal you're walking up something there may be obstacles on the way but and it's a challenge but you get there eventually so it was putting some of the kind of physical aspects with that intention setting um looking at different things areas of meditation so before the walks that I've done we do a short meditation just again to ground yourself into that present moment really connect with your environment take five minutes just to be still I don't think we spend a lot of time being still and um just listening to our bodies and um kind of finding what what's going on giving ourselves that time for ourselves but there's always something to do or somewhere to be someone to talk to and it's just let's this is your time so you have this hour of a walk and it's just for you um and then when you're on the walk again tuning into that intention as you go along is that you're stepping forward you're leaving things behind and then as you're around, you're concentrating on different things, whether that's your breath, just being really aware of your breath, your footsteps, how are you walking, um, how are you finding it? Do you need to speed up, slow down? It's all very kind of intuitive to how you're feeling um, rather than the speed of anything that's going around or it's kind of just taking it back to basics, I guess. Um, mm so um again different activities being mindful um grounding in terms of the five senses um is a really great activity um so five things that you can see four things that you can hear three things that you can smell two things that you can touch and then some that you can taste 
So again, just bringing your body into that nature environment. So removing the barriers between that environment that you're in and just being connected to nature. Um, so what so do you yeah. what do you get for the the taste one? Do you get people kind of trying to find some wild garlic and eating that, or is it more like kind of like just what flavors are in the air? I don't know. Always encourage a snack on a wall, so there should always be chocolate in your bag or something. Oh, sort absolutely! Of snack. And that's just <laughs> I know. And you know what my favorite to thing is in a walk. Make sure there's a stop for a cup of tea and a piece of cake halfway around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always a winner. Um, um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, and, if there are wild garlics and things that can taste them, sure. Um, yeah. I'd love to incorporate that, get some foraging involved. Yeah. And, um, do that. That'd Absolutely. <laughs> and where, you know, what kind of people do you, do you have coming on your walks, and sort of how do they find find you, or or is it um, is it is it do you do you go to schools or 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 groups, or do they come to you? Um, so at the minute they've come to me um, so I've, I've just run it from my Instagram just to see what, what the interest is and kind of run it on a few, a few groups um, which has been really nice I think what I didn't anticipate when I was planning it was the group connection and I think that's been key that's kind of been vital because again connection whether it's to nature or to others we look at isolation and what everyone's gone through in the last few years um, it has been very isolating so just getting and they have predominantly been women um, on the walk, just sharing how they're feeling, sharing any challenges they've got. Um, the feedback's been really positive in terms of allowing the space to talk about what's going on and to have other people share their experiences. So I know you mentioned that imposter syndrome, that came up in one of the walks and it was how other people deal with it. And it's quite nice for other people to hear people in different industries, different ways, like different kind of life, um, have that shared experience so the connections really great I think at the end or near the end of a walk I always do a tree hug um, so again that there's always a little bit of apprehension before it if you've not done it but then giving yourself to it and that connection um, has been great so I'd love to open it up to anyone that's interested I did it we had a school inset day and we focused on well-being um, as part of the inset day so I did it with the teachers and school staff um we did like a scavenger hunt um and different aspects of being mindful and it was really positive and um, the feedback was really great so um any groups that would like to do it or could be like there is so much scope I think to get out and and be more mindful in nature absolutely it's in its infancy at the moment but I can just see it you know absolutely blossoming and I think what is probably the most amazing thing is these people who are coming are going to be meeting other like-minded people who are also interested yeah. you know in in whether it's an early interest or they've been doing this for a while you know you're going to meet like-minded people which is kind of like yeah. that is that is that is that connection to to realizing oh you're like me you want to do this too it gives you that extra confidence boost in itself and um yeah, and I loved what you were talking about earlier about the metaphors, using those metaphors for, you know, you're going up the mountain and your, you know, your spirits are rising and all of that. It just sounds amazing. I want to, I, I want to join. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so you are also a, you are a mental health practitioner in a school and you mentioned that you did some work uh, in, this, in school with the teachers um, recently, but I also know that you've been doing a lot of work 
the students um, and mental health and green space. So, you know, wh what have you been doing within the school environment and um, using the skills and interests that you have? And how does, does it affect the kids' mental health when they are outdoors and moving in nature? Um, so I think it's been really positive, something I was really keen to look into when I started the job. Um, because I know, as I said, I know the benefits of nature and I also know the impact that um, the last few years have had on young people today. So looking at how to support their mental health and do different things that they may have not tried before. So just providing access to some green space. Um, so we had, um, we've got a little bit of land um, on school premises and they were just flower beds. They were just empty. Um, so we've got some permission to plant some wildflowers and dig up some soil. And first the girls were really apprehensive. Um, and then they started, they'd start with the gloves on and then it was encouraging them to just get their hands dirty and just sit in the soil. And they got more connected. They were talking. They wouldn't necessarily know the group, the other people in the group. So they'd start talking a little bit more. Um, they planted the wildflowers and they were just amazing to see the growth of the wildflowers and the growth of the children as well from just being outside um and just developing that a little bit further so i've started a it's called the feel good gardening club oh, <laughs> um, which cool. is named by um a few people at the school so that's set up is really recently just because i wanted to make it more accessible to anyone that did want to join um and the boost in how they're feeling they come back and just say oh it's the best day ever and just being having that access to something even if they're just at the minute they're just weeding but they just really enjoy being able to access that green space and do things they haven't tried before I think that's key is providing experiences and learning opportunities that aren't just in the classroom um they are different aspects and again with my metaphors I can bring them in so we're weeding the plants so we're getting rid of our negative thoughts and we're mm -hmm. making room for more positive so there's always an aspect that we can grow and develop um and I was like I had a meeting so I couldn't do one of the clubs but I was watching from the distance longingly <laughs> um, as someone else kind of took over and as I was walking back into school they were just skipping skipping back into school and it was just amazing it just felt good and it's not just for the pupils the staff really engage in it and they want to plant new things and do stuff so again you're bringing that community aspect that connection um there's no expectations of it it's just let's just see see what happens let's just go out and see what happens so I think yeah. just having that avenue for them to explore has just been really positive and again it's quite new but I'm really excited to see where that can go and where that can develop um in the school um as you said I think just the positive impact it doesn't Sometimes you don't necessarily, we have the space to talk about what's going on, but sometimes they just need an activity, something to do. And gardening just provides such a nice activity for them to do. Yeah, oh, I can totally vouch for that. We started a veggie patch in our garden a couple of years ago. Um, and it's definitely a learning process. Not everything works, <laughs> but when it does work, it's it's great. And last year we did um, potatoes for the first time. And it's just interesting you said about taking gloves off and really feeling the earth and and this this is the, like last summer oh my god it's one of my favorite activities I was like oh, if we're gonna have potatoes for dinner I'd go out and just root around in my veggie patch <laughs> trying to dig up whatever potatoes I had just with my bare hands 
and it felt so grounding um and then obviously then you go back and it's that whole process of cooking them and everything and it was just yeah it was so good and and interesting you also talk about weeding I think weeding is one of the most therapeutic activities ever um (laughs) yeah you kind of just get in the zone don't you and you're like oh there's another one there's another one and yeah that, I love that idea that metaphor of like detoxing almost um, detoxing yeah. your garden detoxing your body your mind it's um yeah it's 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 awesome and so so great that your school appreciates how important it is to have someone like you in a position to lead those activities because you know it's obviously having a really really massive positive effect on those kids yeah. um so Okay, a little different subject now, only because this is a little personal. <laughs> I just want to have a little chat about camper vans. <laughs> so I'm a big camper van fan. <laughs> and I've been following your journey on Instagram. Um, <laughs> you've got a camper van. I do. And you're doing it up, is that right? You're well, kind of it's a it little, um, it's a difficult one. I have a camper van. I brought a camper van but I don't have a driving license. So <laughs> I'm in the process of getting my driving license to be able to drive my van and do it up. Um, I just didn't expect with the lockdowns and the kind of backlog of instructors, it's kind of been a nightmare. Oh yeah, <laughs> like my brother's like having to wait like eight months or something. It's, yeah. it's crazy, but equally you, you've got it there so one day yes. you will be going out on adventures yes. <laughs> so kind of what 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 do you have planned where do you plan to go in your camper van um I'd love to go to Scotland um I haven't done much in Scotland um so I'd love to take it up there and just travel around there and yeah. do the NC 500 yes we did it this summer it. Yeah. we did it this summer it was amazing the most incredible views ever it feels feels like you've gone so much further than just the top of the UK yeah yeah so um, but I'd that. be happy to go anywhere I think mm. as I said if you see me camping in the car park just, yeah, um, don't mind yeah. Me. <laughs> so what was um, the kind of for you what was the reason for wanting to get a camper van because I I do see sort of people that have camper vans it's a very much a lifestyle choice isn't it yeah um, and for me it's about that freedom of just being able to get up and go um and just you know wake up in a different place every day and seeing what has in store so yeah what was your choice for wanting to have a camp fam similar I think I just want it's the freedom that it brings it's just kind of packing your bags maybe on a Friday night and just heading off for the weekends and seeing where you end up um I love an adventure I love going and finding new places so I just thought it just opened things up um and yeah just having everything my friend's actually got a van and she's done it all converted it herself and um when she was doing it I was like I need that in my life like that's that's something that I want as well so um yeah we'll definitely get there it's a little journey that yeah, I'm on yeah and um, you will appreciate it so much more than anybody when you're driving your van you know across those highlands um yeah, yeah you absolutely love it and um obviously you're going to be taking your van all over but is there one place that you would love to take your mindful hikes in the world is there one place you're like do you know what I'd like to do one of my mindful hikes there I don't know if it'd be too extreme but I'd love to go to the Amazon I'd love (gasps) to go to South America and I'd love to trek and 
because I think there'd be a lot of things to see and hear and smell and taste. Oh my <laughs> goodness, it would be like, it would just be yeah. an absolute party for your senses there, like yeah. literally. Yeah, um, so I like the adventure side to, to seeing like a real kind of, I don't know if authentic's the right word, but something that's, that's just got so much history and um, just going back and it, it seems like a con- that deep connection to nature and the cultures that are around, I think that would be really powerful, really inspiring, um, just to see how their connection with nature and different things and have that experience. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And have you ever had a sort of adverse effect on, because we're obviously talking about nature and I always think about it being really beautiful and wonderful and really soothing and calming, but, you know, there is another side. And have yeah. you ever had a, um, a time when, you know, a bit like the storm you had at the weekend when nature just mm. felt way too overwhelming and you were like, what is happening? I feel really small in this big, big wide world. Um, I'd say I did um, the Three Peaks not too long, well, a few years ago. Um, and that was, the, the weather was horrendous. Um, so it was a mental ch- challenge as well as the physical challenge and I think we were doing Scarfield Pike and it was so windy and it was so wet you can't see anything and you do question why you're doing something you have those mm. internal thoughts in your head going why am I here why? Yeah. I decided coming back into your to your PhD I have made the decision to do this when I could have made the decision to be in bed <laughs> yep <laughs> and people do question like what what are you doing that for but I mean, ultimately it is worth it, but I think having that, it fits into that sense of all that power, just knowing that you are quite small in in a sense, and um, there is greater forces, there is a greater connection beyond what we see day to day in life. And I think that's quite powerful to have that, I say it's a reassurance that, that, that you've got those experiences and that you don't take things for granted and you are obviously safe and things like that so I think the weather I am a fair weather hiker though I have to say so try not to, <laughs> try nothing not to wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that <laughs> um oh, amazing so this is kind of my final ish question uh tea which is a question I ask everybody on this podcast so looking back at the ripples you've made in your life what are the biggest lessons that you've learned for keeping your mind and body healthy um I'd say it's keep doing the small things keep um keep being present keep kind of showing up um the habits that we do that make us feel good keep doing those because when maybe when we're not feeling good or we're struggling a little bit they're the first things to go um so it is to scale it back completely um but still take those steps forward and do what you can do but the key is to keep going with it yeah amazing and and if anybody wanted to follow your journey if they wanted to uh, join one of your jadeite walks um how can they do so um, so I'm on Instagram, um, so it's at the Jadeite Project. Um, so that's where all my information is, um, any walks that are coming up, um, seeing as the weather's getting a little bit better. So I'm looking at getting some some new walks going. Um, so they're welcome to everyone um, and anyone that wants to get involved. Amazing, amazing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
love following your journey and I will keep my fingers crossed for you getting that driving <laughs> license uh, for the summer hopefully <laughs> so you can enjoy a few more you adventures know. and go a little further afield in your camper van um but yeah thanks so much for talking to me today Jade it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Star Trek podcast no worries thank you thanks for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode the start a ripple podcast if you like what you heard then please do write a review it helps other like-minded souls find this podcast too and if you want to get in touch then the best way to speak to me is probably via instagram and my handle is at with underscore india all right take care and speak to you soon